Inside 8101, a conversation about preparing students for the world beyond high school. I'm your host, Mike Brennan, president of Holy Family Catholic High School, and today we'll be talking with our school chaplain, Father Nels Jengdahl, and campus minister and theology teacher, uh, Mrs. Lene Bosch, about the Advent season and specifically how we celebrate the season of Advent at Holy Family. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Um, first, I'd like to begin uh, with a, a little getting to know you um, and in what I call uh, a life in under 60 seconds. So if you could, um, I would love for you to do your best um, telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to know or have come to know Holy Family, maybe what your role is here, um, all in about a minute. Ready for the challenge? I am. Okay, yes. go for it, Mrs. Bush. All right. I grew up five miles south of Shakopee, near Marystown, Minnesota. I received all my sacraments at St. Mary's the Purification Church in Marystown. I attended kindergarten through eighth grade at Shakopee Area Catholic School. I graduated from Academy of the Holy Angels in Richfield because at the time that was the closest Catholic high school. Won't hold it against you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I graduated from the College of St. Benedict with a theology degree, and for the past 25 years, I've taught theology and coordinated campus ministry in Colorado, Nassau, Bahamas, and St. John's Prep School. Right before coming to Holy Family, I was coordinating youth ministry for the three parishes in Shakopee before they became St. Strokem and Anne. My husband, Doug, was teaching at Holy Family, and when a position in campus ministry and theology opened up in 2006, I felt the Holy Spirit knocking and calling me to work at Holy Family, too. I coordinate campus ministry, which means I oversee daily convocation, all-school masses, reconciliation services, retreats, and I also teach junior and theology classes including Catholic social teaching, campus ministry, and Christian prayer and spirituality. Wow. I, th I think you, you did it in under 60 <laughs> seconds. That's Yay. impressive. <laughs> that's, that's quite the CV there. Thank you. Father, you up to the challenge? I think so. Yeah. Go for it. It was a snowy day in December. Oh, dear when, God. No, <laughs> 60 seconds, I thought it was minutes, okay. Uh, so I was born and raised in North St. Paul, uh, went to uh, public schools all the way throughout. Uh, graduating high school in 99, I went up to North Dakota State in uh, sunny and beautiful Fargo, North Dakota, and was there that uh, got involved at the Newman Center. And originally was studying engineering, but uh, got this uh, really question in my head whether or not I should go to the seminary or not and uh, after two years of engineering I entered seminary for my junior and senior year up at Cardinal Mench uh, Minor Seminary which is now closed. Um, then after graduating came down to St. Paul Seminary at the University of St. Thomas and was ordained a priest in 07. Uh, originally was assigned to a parish just as a lot of priests are at the beginning and was there for three years and then uh, very surprisingly the bishop assigned me to uh, another Catholic high school to teach there, and that was completely new and completely outside of my expectation and my desire. Um, but similar to Mrs. Bosch, that was what the Holy Spirit wanted, so that's what the Holy Spirit gets. And uh, it turns out I actually loved it dearly and was uh, found it to be just very, very life-giving. And uh, thanks be to God, I um, was able to come to another high school uh, here at Holy Family Catholic and was able to uh, now start. So this is my first year out here at Holy Family and uh, I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, just even today, I was telling my students uh, just that very same thing, how much I really, really enjoy being here, being in the classroom. So, so I'm the full-time chaplain here, uh, helping with the sacraments uh, that are here, teaching in the classroom and assisting with uh, just in general the spiritual life. Uh, of the entire uh, institution here. So, well, thank you, Father, and we are blessed to have you both. 
Thank you. Here at the school, as well as uh, our, our podcast here, Inside 8101. Um, okay, so we are now in our second week of Advent. Um, and, you know, let's, let's face it, I think the stores start decking the halls come uh, uh, 4th of July in some places, <laughs> uh, let alone, you know, after Halloween or Thanksgiving. Uh, in preparation for uh, Christmas, and if you can't see me, I'm doing air quotes here for, for Christmas. Um, I think there's a lot of confusion out there, or maybe um, maybe even a bit of ignorance for for for, uh, for that matter, um, as to what the actual Christmas season is versus um, Advent, the season of Advent. Um, and I think you know, just maybe in general, maybe this is a little personal commentary here, but um, in general, I think um, our, our culture misses out on Advent as opposed to. Um, you know, diving right into that 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 Christmas celebration, um, there's a lot to be said for um, the joy and anticipation of waiting, um, or that comes with waiting. Um, and so, I was hoping that that maybe one of you two, or or, or both of you, can can speak to the spirit of Advent um, and perhaps the blessings and fruits that come with um, the Advent season. I think Advent's about hoping, waiting, longing. Our culture's not very good at that, mm. and so I think that's why it's particularly important to spend some time in preparation before Christmas to do that. Yeah, I, I wholly agree, and one of the things that in the, the waiting and the watching, I think, that also gets missed is Advent is not only that time to prepare for the, re the recollection of Jesus arriving at Christmas 2,000 years ago, but also is a look to the future, uh, to the reality that our faith believes that there'll be a time that he'll return again. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a season where we, we look to that reality that the Lord wants to break into our lives, that wants to be a part of our lives in the past, will be in the future. But uh, even what I preached about last weekend was uh, the reality that he wants to enter into our lives here and now. And what are we doing to make that available, to make our hearts available to him uh, right here and right now, too? So, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of anticipation. But I but I like what you said, Mrs. Bosch, about uh, we're, we're not good at waiting. We're, we're not good at that. Yeah, um, we're not really programmed for that, right? No, are we? Yeah. not at all. I, I get upset when Amazon says, oh, it's a one-day delivery. <laughs> one day. <laughs> Come now. You're just down the road. Let's go. Come on. But... Uh, um, but yeah, so it's a it's an important season for me too. So so with that said, what do we um, if we do just jump right? We we jump right to Christmas or we jump right to whatever it is. Um, what are we missing? Like spiritually, what are, what are we missing when we we don't experience the waiting? I think a, a part of it is the the preparation. Mm -hmm. I think when I when I know that uh, a guest is going to be coming over to the house or something like that, there's something that that happens when the say they say, oh, we're going to be coming over tomorrow. I, I switch my mindset. I then start preparing my house to receive them. I start making sure that things are clean. I, I make sure that I that I do the laundry I make sure that there, everything is set to welcome this individual well. And so in, a, in an analogous way too with this idea of I need to prepare to receive Christ. I need to prepare. Uh, it's not like Jesus is a, he's not a burglar who's going to just come crashing in or sneak into my life. Rather, he wants to be a friend. He wants to be somebody that has a relationship with me and I need to prepare to have that friend over. I need to prepare to make sure that when they, when they come, that they're welcome, that there's somebody that I want to engage with time. And so making sure that our hearts are places that are welcoming rather than saying, okay, well, uh, he'll just show up whenever he wants to show mm -hmm. up. And 
But the sad part is if we're not ready for that, uh, Jesus is not going to just force himself into our lives. He, he wants to be one to, to enter in as a friend. Yeah. You know, we used to, it reminds me, something personal, we used to joke all the time how when we'd go over to my grandma Brennan's for, for uh, Thanksgiving dinner, um, you'd have to dust the plates off because she had the table set like a month in advance, you know, waiting and preparing for everyone. Um, but, you know, God bless her. She was, she was ready for us. She was, um, she was ready for all that would ensue on that, that day. Um, but there is really something special about, about making those preparations and the, that, the anticipation that comes with that and fully preparing oneself for, for receiving the gift of that guest. Yeah. Well, that was, yeah. that's the advent calendars, that, right. that wonderful, <laughs> exciting countdown. You end up enjoying it even more as you begin the great countdown to that. So I, that's why even in my classroom, we've got an advent calendar up and uh, I made sure we also got the Lego advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also in a way too, um, um, an attempt at, at uh, uh, hitting that slow down or that, that pause button because um, life is really busy right now, right? Um, it's a very busy time for, for our priests, for our campus ministers. Just this morning we had um, our all-school mass celebrating the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Last week our campus ministry students were uh, preparing for our reconciliation service. Uh, the crush is up outside in front of the school. The Advent wreath and the calendar are out. St. Nick visited last Friday. <laughs> um, life at school can certainly reflect um, that same busyness as home life. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you guys a little bit of a, maybe a two-part question here. And, and uh, question number one is, how do you keep and maintain focus on Advent uh, in your classroom and at school? And then part B is, how do you do it for yourself? Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you keep the school, like the whole school and maybe your classroom, the kids specifically, um, focused on Advent? And then if you're responsible for doing it, how are you doing it for yourself? Because you got to take care of yourself, too. You have to, right, maintain that focus in order to ensure that others or care for the focus of others. Um, take it away. I'm jealous. You have a Lego calendar in your room. Right? <laughs> you should maybe get one <laughs> for mine. Patrick love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Christian prayer and spirituality class, I am always purposeful about doing a learning to meditate program. It's a 30-day booklet put up by St. Mary's Press, okay. and I plan that in my lessons that that happens during either Advent or Lent, depending upon teaching first semester, second semester, because I've, the goal is that students create a prayer space at home hmm. where they have to do... 10 minutes of prayer each day. And my hope is that that practice of doing that every day for 30 consecutive days and exploring a number of different prayer experiences that that creates a habit of prayer in, in their place at home that they um, can do that. So they find a particular chair or room or place mm-hmm. and maybe take a religious item, a rosary, a cross, a picture, something that helps them slow down, be quiet, and pray. And so that's something that my prayer classes are doing now during Advent. Okay. Good. Father? Yeah, in my classroom, um, we do have an Advent calendar. Not only the Lego one, but we also have a spiritual (laughs) one that's there. So I randomly have a 
random student selector on my phone and a different student gets selected each day and goes up, reads the reading, and then gets to go pull out the little Lego set and put it together. Um, but also uh, we begin class with prayer and uh, we had been doing the prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas to start class, but now that we're in the season of Advent, changed it to a, an Advent prayer uh, that the students pray ahead of time. Um, as well as, uh, you know, Mrs. Bashir around the school, too, has put the the, uh, the Advent wreaths that we have. Mm -hmm. We have one at Convo. We have mm -hmm. one at uh, one outside the chapel as well that are those visual reminders that are there. Um, and you probably speak more about convocation, too, about how we make that uh, more of Advent-themed as well. Sure, right. Make sure that we light or the Advent wreath is lit every day at convocation. It's a good visual reminder for all of us that we're in that season. There's a purple cloth that hangs mm -hmm. on the podium now during the Advent season and to make sure that the campus ministers are preparing prayers that aren't jumping to Christmas, that mm -hmm. it is it is in that season of hope. We're looking at, during the four weeks, um, one of the scripture characters. So we looked at um, Archangel, or Gabriel, Gabriel thank yeah. you, St. Gabriel, last week for the first week of Advent. This week, it's perfect timing to look at Mary with mm -hmm. today's solemnity. And then on Wednesday, we'll be celebrating the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, which is actually Thursday the 12th, mm -hmm. but because we don't have a regular convocation that day, we're celebrating that a day early. And tomorrow when we bless the gifts, I'll be tying in Mary's Prayer of the Magnificat. So looking at Mary this week, next week we'll focus on St. Joseph, and then Christmas convocation, the last day before break, we'll be looking at Jesus, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. celebrating Jesus. So. What do you guys do for yourselves to help keep yourselves focused? For myself, one of the big things that I do is I end up uh, making sure that I that I change the prayers. So one of the advantages that we have is as priests, we have to pray five times a day. Mm -hmm. And in that, um, each season that we have that we go through, whether it's Advent, Christmas, Lent, ordinary time, uh, the prayers themselves change. So one, I've got a, just a natural advantage that those will automatically change to have that anticipatory thing. Uh, the other thing, too, is it's not quite the same as Lent, but I do give up something during Advent. It's mm. kind of this recognition that I am preparing for the celebratory time of Christmas. So I, so I set aside a few the, a few enjoyments to, to just make sure that I'm focused a little bit more. I also like to do spiritual reading. I uh, like okay. to have a... You know, to have another book that I'll that I'll change at the time that we that we enter into the season of Advent, uh, just to mark that distinction. Um, and also, I, I've always found it just beautiful that this season, especially in here in the more northern states, uh, it is darker much longer, and I find that to be very fruitful. Um, because talk more about that because I struggle with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, in in especially the winter and the darkness up here, there's. I always, I don't know if you find it this way, but I always find it much quieter. I find it to be a much quieter time, especially when the snow is falling at night. There's something very still and very quiet about nature and around. It's, it's a, to me, it's a, it facilitates a lot more introspection. It, it facilitates a lot more trying to find um, God speaking internally, not looking for the externals anymore because one, we can't see them as much because mm. it's darker. And two, with the snow where it, even nature gets quiet in kind of an anticipation. And so I, I find it just very conducive, I guess, to, to prayer and thinking about about God. And, and I've just recently been reading the book on the, the Power of Silence by Cardinal Seurat and uh, he speaks a lot of times how our God is a very quiet God. 
even think about how he came into the world at Christmas. It wasn't with fanfare. It wasn't something amazing. It wasn't in the biggest city he could find. It was very, very obscure. And the mm-hmm. only real witnesses to this were, you know, just a few shepherds that were out in a field and, and just some animals. Uh, not even the people in the inn got to be present at it because there wasn't any room. Um, so even his entrance is there. So I, so I find the, the, the nature here uh, to be very conducive to this great season of Advent. I, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. That's beautiful. Just this morning, I, I find I have to pray in the morning. I'm an early riser, so that's easy for me just to get up earlier when the house is quiet and I'm the only one awake. And this morning, a deer was outside in my backyard, and I just find something so peaceful about them. And so my prayer time was really just sitting, watching that deer. For the past two weeks, the stars have been shining brightly in the room where I pray, and I could see the stars in the sky. What time do you get up? Oh, (laughs) 4.30. And and so just, I I too, look for those parts of nature that are just quiet and still and um, just just to be, the practice, practice being present. Um, to God and being open to God and creating some interior space to, to listen to what God is inviting me to. Um, so in, in the morning is when I find that quiet time. As a family, our immediate family, we purposely wait until the third Sunday of Advent to decorate for Christmas. Okay. So the um, pink Sunday is when we know that we're going to put up the Christmas tree and that's when we bring out all the decorations. So right now in my house, the Advent wreath is up along with a couple Advent calendars. And we have some fun ones, too. We have uh, one that's the little magnet where you put up each day and it adds to the nativity scene. And one is a little series of books and it's a different character in the nativity scene. And then, of course, the fun one with the chocolate and the treats. <laughs> um, but we've created a, a, a prayer that we do, and it's really simple. I mean, I think the prayer came from St. Victoria had passed something out seven years ago where I just took the, took the opening prayer, we sang two verses of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The first week, the youngest child gets to light the Advent, the first candle, and then the second week, the second one, and then I'm the third week, and then Doug is the fourth week, and so we each take turns lighting the candle and then opening up those Advent things. And so it you know, takes four minutes probably, yeah. and either before dinner or after dinner, we do that as a family. And that has really helped create the sense of Advent is different than Christmas, and mm-hmm. we'll still have Christmas mm-hmm. for sure. But because we've we've practiced waiting a little bit before everybody else's Christmas, up the day after Thanksgiving, you know, we've purposely uh, waited to celebrate Advent and to find some find some fun traditions to do in the midst of that it has really, I think, helped us bond as a family and to have a stronger spiritual sense of what Advent is about. That's beautiful. That's awesome. I, I just want one clarification. It's not Pink Sunday, it's Rose, Rose Sunday. Sunday. Oh, I just me. want to uh, just clarify that one. I always, uh, I always uh, clarify that one at Mass on that Sunday. Thank I'm you. Not wearing pink. <laughs> Rose. All right. Um, well, you know, our, our students, teens in general, they seem to relish uh, the opportunity um, during this season to return to their younger selves uh, <laughs> during the month of December, if you know what I mean. And um, so they're all in on our traditions at convocation and decorating the hallway. But um, spiritually speaking, 
And I was wondering if you, you two might be able to offer um, some thoughts and maybe some advice um, for our parents or directly to our teens um, to help them um, connect more, more deeply, more intentionally on a spiritual level um, during the season of Advent. Yeah, I, even if a family doesn't have a whole Advent wreath, I've encouraged my students to light a candle. And it could be in their room, or it could be at the dinner table. Um, it could just just that act of lighting a simple candle and watching that burn. I find I find that in the classroom that helps students calm down and relax and be more still and um, a little bit more receptive to what God might be asking in their life. So just that practice of okay. lighting a candle can can be a simple way at home to do on their own, or or if it becomes a larger family practice too. Yeah, for me, I would say the the manger scene. Um, mm. I know as a as a kid, I have very distinct memories of the manger scene that we had at home. It was, I believe, handed down uh, from maybe my great aunt to my mom, and was kept in our family. I can distinctly picture the one sheep that's a three legged sheep because, uh, <laughs> well. I was there. Um, uh, all those and our donkey lost both his ears last night. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but he's pretty loud now. Um, but uh, it's it's one of those things I think that that recognizes the reality that that we're very visual creatures. That as humans, it's something very very important to us, and so we we see those things. Whether it's the lighting of the candle and or whether it's the, the, the manger scene can really teach us a lot and, and cause us to draw in. And, and I like that, what you had mentioned, Mrs. Bosch, about the, uh, about the magnets adding to the manger scene each time. And I think a good tradition, if somebody has a manger scene like that, is each day or each week adding new pieces and, and saving, of course, the baby Jesus for, for the end. Even that alone creates this idea of anticipation of building uh, that, the, that the family can be a part of that. And... Like you said, the traditions, uh, we as humans love traditions, and so creating those as a family uh, can be the type of thing that teaches us just through the actions without necessarily all the uh, extensive explanations that we mm -hmm. often uh, desire, but those experiences can teach us a lot. Right. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that, that, that's a tradition that we have in our in our home, um, which is adding to the, the manger, and so we have... Um, we have tigers in there, and we have um, <laughs> triceratops, and um, and the, the, there's yeah there's a lot going on. Um, it's a very eclectic manger scene, but the kids really do feel a part of a part of it. So I'd love to leave our listeners with some resources um, to either learn more about Advent or find Advent activities or opportunities, uh, traditions that they could start in their own families or, or just them uh, on their own personally. Um, either of you have uh, a few favorite resources or, or suggestions? Certainly Father offers Mass every day in the chapel, and so during FGHI period would be a great opportunity during Advent to come. He makes sure that students don't miss class, so that's <laughs> that's a plus um, to stop in for daily Mass. Mm -hmm. Or on Fridays, it's before school even starts, so 7.15, 7 um, people are welcome to participate then. I would say, too, that if, if a family's not in the practice yet, uh, one that I found to be very beneficial is uh, a rosary, is praying the rosary as a family. And the reason I say that is um, 
is that it's something that even the little kids can participate in no matter what age they are you can have, they can take turns leading the rosary they can they can pass that around and if they're too little to really participate in that way or go through all of course the five decades you could just do one decade at a time but focusing on right now uh, just certainly even the the joyful mysteries the ones that are centered around that with the annunciation and the visitation are two that happen during the season of advent and taking those moments to uh, to meditate on those, to, to recall those events and how they're important for us. So the family doing that is a, is a neat thing that, the, that can be done together. Uh, and even the youngest can really take some lead on that uh, and also participate because it's a bit of a mantra type of style. So it, uh, they learn it pretty quick after you hear mm-hmm. 53 Hail Marys. You're, you're going you're gonna to know it by the end, <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> And even if you get a chance to read the readings of the day, if you're not able to Mm -hmm. make it to Mass, but students know my go-to website is um, the usccb.org, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, and it has a calendar right on there with the readings for each day, and so it makes it easy to find what the first reading, the responsorial psalm, the second reading gospel Mm -hmm. are about that day, and there's not a second reading on Weekdays, sorry, the gospel yeah. reading. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. <laughs> but you find those readings, um, and that can that can be really beneficial because now before Advent you heard the end end time readings, and now of course uh, we're hearing the prepare the way of the Lord and repent and make room for God, and so that can be helpful to hear those messages. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Education for Justice is another website that offers some good suggestions, certainly for teachers, but I think for anybody could find some good resources there. Um, Liturgical Press has a plethora of Advent books that you can order and resources online. So those are some of my favorites. Yeah, another one, too, that I like is the app iMissal, M-I-S-S-A-L, not but uh, the iMissile app is one. I, I think it costs some money now, but it's um, but it's one that has a lot of resources, everything from the daily Mass readings and even the entirety of the Mass from everything from the sign of the cross to go in peace. Uh, but it also has uh, daily meditations, prayers in there, the saint of the day. Um, so that app I found to be really nice uh, in, in keeping with what Mrs. Bosch said about uh, reading the daily readings that are there, um, but it's all right there on your phone, too. Uh, so I remember my friend had that app out one time when I was celebrating Mass, and he was there, and he was following along, and you should have seen the glares that he I'm was sure, getting I'm from sure. No, no, I'm really I'm paying attention more than you are. Oh, my goodness, it was so funny. Yeah, the, we'll just say the non-cell phone generation was, right. there were a lot of stones, spiritual stones being cast. <laughs> <for that. laughs> well, I would like to thank both of you uh, for this great conversation today, and of course for the work that each of you do on a daily basis uh, with our students, with our staff, and with our families. So thank you very much for that. Thank you. Um, Before we conclude, any final thoughts? Anything that you'd like to you'd like to offer or share? Uh, Just uh, continuing that invitation to anybody uh, both at our school or in the community uh, to come to daily mass here. It's always uh, open to those who would like to attend. It's about 20 minutes uh, in keeping with the student's schedule, trying to keep them uh, not being able to use mass as an excuse for being late for class. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's uh, something that we really want to offer to our broader community uh, to be able to participate in that. So uh, you can watch social media for, our, uh, for the times that mass is. It fluctuates a little bit depending on the day, but uh, 
but certainly watch for that. We'll try to keep that updated as best we can, and uh, you're more than welcome to attend. And also a request for anybody listening to this to uh, please continue to pray. I pray uh, certainly for our faculty, our staff, our administration, uh, but especially for these students that uh, not only do they grow in knowledge and wisdom of uh, the things of this world as it's been created and so beautifully is, uh, but also that they open themselves up all the more to the love that Christ has for them. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Just create some space where you can pray and maybe it's stopping in the chapel to light a votive candle oh. or writing a quick prayer and dropping it in the intention box outside the chapel or just taking some time at home when you get up if you're early bird or when you get home from school or before you go to bed, whatever time of day works well for you just to take some time to cultivate um, being still and listening to what God has in store for you. Wonderful. All right, folks, if you'd like to learn more about our theology curriculum, I'd encourage you to visit our website, hfchs.org, and take a look at our curriculum guide under the Academics tab, or schedule a time to tour Holy Family. I'm sure either Father Jengdahl or Mrs. Bosch would be happy to join in the conversation or answer any of your questions. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can find Inside 8101 on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Thanks for listening, and from all of us here at Holy Family Catholic High School, Advent blessings to you and yours. Mm-hmm.